Good, uh, good morning, everyone. Um, I think the last time I posted something was uh, maybe five, six days ago, and I I said on that episode that for the Australian Open, I would be publishing or uploading something every other day. And that was a complete lie. <laughs> I think last year I was super inconsistent with posting stuff on on the pod. And I'm guaranteeing you that I will be super inconsistent this year as well. But I'll do my best. This episode we're going to go over a couple of stuff. Uh, I think I have five stuff to go over. Um, And uh, it's all about the Australian Open. Everything. So, to start it off, I will go ahead and mention that we are in the second week, or this is sort of a preview of the second week of the Grand Slam, even though today was actually the first matches of the second week. Um, I'll go over them soon. But we're in the second week of the Australian Open. Interesting enough... The ATP side is in an era where it kind of makes the slam weird. We have Ben Shelton, JJ Wolf, players like Tommy Paul, all in the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam. And it's making very little sense to me. Maybe it's... uh, Maybe it is really a new era. But uh, for me, it's... um, it's funny because when we look at the WTA side, we have a really, really strong uh, core final side in the second week. Before I go over them, uh, I do want to mention the craziest lines I have ever seen. Well, that might be an overreaction, but the craziest line of the 2023 season... Jelena Ostapenko against Coco Goff and Elena Rybakina against Swiatek. We had Elena Rybakina at plus 350. That is fine. That is totally fine. I get it. I get it. They want to put her as an underdog. I mean, that's totally fine. Ostapenko against Coco Goff at plus 380. It's, it's making zero sense. Because this is tennis and... If I make this comparison as saying if it was a year ago, it kind of validates the, or it kind of makes the argument legit that she should be a plus 380 underdog yesterday. But she truly shouldn't, but I'll I'll make the comparison anyway. So if Ostapenko played Coco Goff last year, let's just say 12 months ago, the line would have been polar opposite. It would have been Ostapenko, Jelena, uh, minus 350, minus 400. And Coco Golf plus 300. Whatever the, the equivalent of an underdog is on odds when you're a minus 500 favorite. I'm not really sure. Can't really say at this time. <laughs> or on top of my head at least. Those odds were... Um, I don't know how to explain it. It's, uh, it made zero sense to me. Um... Either way, Ostapenko beats Coco Goff in straights, advances to the quarterfinals for quarter one, and Elena Rybakina plays Iga Swiatek and beats her in straights. The, the, the happiness I had, 
for uh, Ribakina playing a another quarter final of a Grand Slam is insane. I mean, I, I, I'm, I was super happy that I um that night at least. I mean, um. I mean, not really because of any bets on her. The, maybe the the happiness was maybe five percent of her uh, of it. The the ninety five percent part was you know as a tennis viewer, as a tennis fan. I was thrilled. I mean, I was, <laughs> this, I was beyond happy. She'll play Jelena, and uh, the winner of that match will play the winner of Vika and Pegula. Jessica Pagula, the uh, obviously the favorite against Vika. If she beats Vika and Elena beats Ostapenko, I am a hundred percent certain Ribakina will beat uh, Pagula. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, and uh, if you know me, and if you're listening to this, you probably know me. Uh, Jessica Pagula is. Uh, Probably my 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 favorite American player. Uh, I don't know if I like anyone else as much on, on tour. I mean, there are a couple of junior Americans that I really like. Uh, I've spoken about those two. Uh, one of them being Ashlyn Kruger, and the other one being Alvina Kalieva. I've spoken about those two being uh, two juniors I really really like. I think they have great future ahead of them. But uh, either way, that's getting a. <laughs> Ahead of ourselves, uh, Jessica Pegula has always been someone that I, I've really liked. And I've said is one of the best players on tour. But I have zero doubt in my mind that Elena Rybakina, if she beats Ostapenko, which is another task in hand, that she will play the final. And, hint, I think Arina Sabalenka will win the Australian Open. And there's a caveat to that, but uh, we'll talk about that soon. And uh, because I'll go over some stuff I saw, um, or I was actually watching her interview after she beat Benchich today. Or I mean, it was in the middle of the night, but uh, technically today, I guess. My, I guess my wish or slash praying for is a final between Rybakina and Sabalenka. Because that final, whoever wins the final, I, I'll be happy either way. Obviously, I would be way more happier if Rybakina wins it. But honestly, I will be super happy if Sabalenka wins it as well. There's a couple of stuff why I said caveat to Sabalenka winning. I think Sabalenka could beat today anyone on tour. If she's just playing great, not the best tennis, but if she's playing her great tennis, there's not a single player that I can name right now that can beat her then, on that day. Um, during 2022, um, maybe some of some of you will say her reaching the WTA finals was um, a great year for her. I think the year was uh, good, but for this for the standards of a player that caliber, I don't think it was good. I mean, that is like Ash Barty after her, uh, I want to say prime, 
That is like Ash Barty, after winning the Australian Open and not retiring, didn't win a single Grand Slam. That is the same comparison I'd make for Sabalenka for the year she had during 2022. And I truly believe that she'll win a Grand Slam this year. It's... Is is very um, unless she has the the same year she had in twenty twenty two, she'll win a Grand Slam this year. Whether that'll be the, the Australian Open, Wimbledon, the Australian Open, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> you said that twice. The U.S. Open, the the French Open. Uh, obviously there's. There's there, there's a, a way way better chance at the USO and the AO as well as uh, the as well as Wimbledon. One of those three, uh, I think she'll win. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not, but uh, well, she's in the core cool finals now of a Grand Slam, so maybe I'm speaking uh, pro Spaniel, but uh, <laughs> still, I think she'll win a Grand Slam this year. Maybe this, yeah. Again, maybe this prediction isn't as cool. Uh, saying it now, uh, maybe I should have said it before she played Belinda Bencic, but I was fully sure that she'd beat Belinda Bencic. So there's there goes that. There <laughs> there goes that. She played Donna Vekic in the fourth round, and Donna Vekic against Frivitova in the in, in round four was so unconvincingly good, meaning she was really bad. Uh that um, I don't know. I don't know. I if if you know Donna Vekic's arena, they're played a, a ton of times. On the top of my head, I'd say there's like a head to head on like six and one to Donna Vekic. Uh, I'm zero percent if I'm sure right now. I mean zero, but I think Donna Vekic is like six and one or something to to Sabalenka. Meaning, uh, arena struggles to Donna Vekic. Albeit, that was during an era where Donna Vekic was really performing top class. Right now, um, she's been uh, performing somewhat of top class during the end of 2022. But she's slipping back to that scene where she's really sloppy again. And that is what I've seen from her playing uh, Frivertova, for example. Really awful performance, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I'm sure if you watched, you'll agree with me. It's tragic because uh, in terms of the betting, it uh, would have been really cool to have gotten Sabalenka at a better line. I think she's minus 400 right now, minus 4.5 spread, and that is uh, what? But still, I'm fully 100% sure, disregarding their head-to-head, uh, I'm just going to ignore that, that Sabalenka will be Donna Vekic. Plishko will play Magda Lynette. Now, Magda Lynette... Dude, the way uh, she's been impressing me during this week and last week, I guess. She's been absolutely spectacular. That is just the word I'll say. Absolutely spectacular. Um, The defense or the kind of style of play that I've seen from her is resembling Marketa Vondrusova. And I've said this plenty of times that there's no better defender on tour than Marketa Vondrusova. Uh, when she's playing in her in, in, in a great form, obviously, there's no better defender than her on, t- on the tennis court uh, on the WTA tour. And Magda Lynette 
has a better defense at the moment than Marquetta, and it, it's impossible to hit through her. I'm not going to talk about Caro Garcia underperforming because I truly don't think she she underperformed against Magdalena. She has been in, in in previous matches, but today, I'm saying today because they played a couple of hours ago during the night, or during the the morning, I guess, or midnight. <laughs> today, Caro Garcia was playing splendid tennis. It, just disregard the errors, etc. I mean, obviously those errors were made. Those weren't unforced errors. Those were forced errors. Cara Garcia played really good. The thing is, Magdalena played better, and uh, maybe I'll talk about Garcia. Carol had a um, let me put a name on it. I mean, uh, let's just take the the peak Emma Raducanu had on the U.S. Open, and let's just say that peak is what Cara Garcia has had during. Let's say somewhere from August or July of, of 2022 till, till till December or November, I guess. So basically, she had an Emma Raducanu US Open peak, but extended for months. And it started somewhere between, uh, somewhere there in July, I think, against, against Iga Swiatek in Warsaw. It started earlier, to be honest. But uh, let's just say it started in, in Warsaw in Poland at, at Iga Swiatek's to- home tournament where she beat her. And I'm pretty sure she won that tournament. Gosh, it wasn't even that long ago, but um, I, I can't remember fully. But uh, I think she won the Warzone. It started there, and then from there she just insane peak. Um, I'll go over soon uh, why that is. She won Cincinnati, playing qualies, and then playing the first round against Maria Sakari, and then playing uh, really good players. I on the top of my head, I can't name a single one right now. But I'll name the two she played in the final and semi-finals. She played Arina Sabalenka. She played Kiverova in the final. From the qualies. She started from the qualies and won Cincinnati. Even after doing all that, winning Warsaw, winning Cincinnati, she played the WTA finals and she beat uh, Sabalenka in the final again. There's nothing you can say about this, or there's nothing you can say uh, about her 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 period between July and November, and say she was lucky. That is no luck. That is. There's only a word for it, and it's called peaking. I guess uh, <laughs> sounds like a cringy word to say. I guess I mean, you can't really say it just because the player is performing really well that they're peaking. But truly, that was a peak. There is zero percent chance that Cara Garcia will will do that kind of performances in twenty twenty three. There's zero percent chance, and unless 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 there is some kind of dramatic low level from the entire WTA tour, there's no way she'll replicate that kind of stuff. And I don't say this as someone that you know I that doesn't like Cara. I really like her actually. I, it's just, I, Man, I think I was uh, one of the biggest fans of her when she was peaking during that time. Uh, especially especially betting on her a ton of times. I mean, the, the amount of money. Uh, you all know if you know me, you know, if you follow me, if you followed me since then, uh, that uh, we had a, we had a bet on her to win Cincinnati. Plus 12,500. I think I put 50 pounds for 6,300 pounds. 
huge, huge, huge win. I mean, that is a crazy win. Uh, uh, there's no way in my like in my opinion that that she'll replicate that. Now let me stop talking about uh, Cara Garcia and go back to to Magdalena. The point is, she's been playing tremendous tennis, and I I say this as someone that's followed Magda and you know these Polish players, Magdalena Freck, Magilinet. Uh, on the ATP side hobby, I've been, you know I've been a big fan of Arkas, and then uh, I guess I guess I like Iga Swiatek as well. There's no reason to not like her. I mean, the kind of stuff she's uh, she's done is is uh, unique. There's not there's no one else that's done uh, those kind of stuff, at least in the current era. And um, I have never seen Magdalena play like this. Either way, she's playing Pliskova, and uh, if you remember, uh, maybe you don't, maybe you, maybe uh, you don't know, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But uh, if you remember her, her her last match versus Pliskova, it was in the U.S. Open, and uh, really, uh, it's funny because that is probably shortlisted in my uh, uh, for me as as as. Uh, uh, the top five matches of uh, 2022. Uh, if I remember correctly, um, well, if, if I'm going to talk about the other <laughs> top five matches, I, I'd say uh, Kaya Yuvan and Kerber in, 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 uh, in first place and uh, uh, Rybakina and Jabur in second place, that is in the Wimbledon final, and then in third place I'll probably say Mugurutha and uh, Mugurutha and Kaverova in the US Open, and then fourth place I'd probably say Krysi uh, Kova versus Sviatek, and then fifth place Magdalene versus uh, uh, Pliskova. That was a crazy match, it ended up a super tiebreak by the way, the same thing as Mugurutha and Kaverova, but um, Pliskova ended up a super tiebreak where uh, Lynette came back down from a set down and playing tremendous tennis. Uh, the kind of tennis she's replicating here in the Australian Open, but even better. I think it's interesting. I mean, uh, will Pliskov, uh, will Magda Lynette play a semi-final in the Grand Slam for the first time? It's very possible. It's really, really possible. The thing is, I spoke about her style playing as being as Marketa Vondrusova, but the thing is, Pliskova is polar opposite, like asymmetrical uh, to that playing style. Basically, Pliskova, uh, uh, I mean, we've seen her now for years. The way she plays tennis is standing so far behind the back, uh, the, the, the baseline. Uh, you have nothing to defend. I mean, you have two players defending. <laughs> There's no offensive, offensive tennis. So that that is a tough matchup to to predict. That is a yeah. That is a good word to say. I mean, it's like you know you have a you have a you have a magnet and then you have two uh, the two nodes being red. Uh, I mean, it doesn't attract, doesn't it? So you have no idea what's really what's going to happen because they both play the same, truly. Uh, maybe Pliskova hits harder. Maybe Magda plays you know a different style the way she has been playing before because 
She hasn't really been this defensive uh, with her tennis, and it's obviously been working though. At least against the players she's been playing. Uh, Alexandrova, I mean, Alexandrova would beat anyone in the bottom of the draw except for Sabalenka. She'd beat anyone, and Magdalene beat her in straights. Uh, Kontavate was a uh, really tough match for Kontavate. I think her level dropped off in the third set, but uh, still uh, impossible for Annette to get through her. So I have zero opinion on that match. I think it's it's whoever's to take. I mean, truly, there's there's hard for me to say. Uh, so whoever between whoever wins between Pliskova and Lynette will play Sabalenka because I am a hundred percent certain that Abba Sabalenka will beat Donna Vekic. Even though Donna Vekic is kind of her kryptonite by now. I mean, she's not 0-7, but I'm pretty sure she's like is one and six or one and five, something like that. On, on top of my head, I can't really say. But uh, she's definitely struggled against Donna Vekic over the years. And I say that because we faded. The last time uh, they played as well in San Diego, we took Donna Vekic. Uh, at least um, uh, I betted uh, Donna Vekic to beat Sabalenka. Uh, keep in mind, that was when Sabalenka's form was uh, um, off or awful. Both of them, actually. And that brings me to Sarina. Uh, she had an interview today with Belinda Bench. Uh, I'm sorry, after beating Belinda Bencic. Two stuff that caught me on, uh, caught caught, uh, caught my eyes. She said, uh, first of all, which is you know a bit funny, that she's been working on her serve. And uh, that is really important because you kind of can say this about every single player. Uh, you can say it about you can say this about Swiatek as well, but uh, truly Sabalenka has had some tremendous struggle with her serve that's been keeping her away from being great. And today she said um, she had some kind of biochemical, bi I'm sorry, biomechanical uh, coach. That sounds better. I don't know why I said chemical. Either way, uh, that's been working with her serve. Uh, okay, so that's that's number one. Uh, maybe not major stuff, but definitely. Uh, Something I want to point out. The second and the major thing I said is how she feels and with this fix and etc. The way she's playing, that this is the next level and uh, this is a level that um, even though I don't believe it, I think she's been at this level before. But she said this is a level I haven't been before and this is the next step. And if this is the next step, I think she is capable of being the best she's capable of being number one with the current tour I think that is fully capable but there's there's a caveat to this because she truly needs to fix everything then and it's funny because it's the same with Iga Swethik I mean if she fixed her first serve she could always be number one it's the same with Elena Rybakina. If she started to be uh, stopped to being immobile on court, she could be number one. So maybe I'm overreacting saying this and uh, saying that Sabalenka truly could be because that is something that we can say about every single player that isn't, uh, I guess, top fifteen. Either way, I stand. But what I said earlier, though, I think Sabalenka will win a Grand Slam this year and. Uh, uh, with how it's looking, 
I think we'll have a Elena Rybakina and uh, Arina Sabalenka final. That is if Rybakina beats Ostapenko. And since I think Vika will definitely be tough opponent against Pagola. I mean, if we get, if you we remember Guadalajara, uh, holy fuck, that pronunciation sucked. Either way, if we mention, if we remember Mexico when they played, wasn't even that long ago. I think October. Uh, I'm a hundred percent certain we had a bet on Pagola because uh, I will not forget how she came back from one five, one five and won the tiebreak. And then breadsticked Vika in the second set. The fact that she came back and the fact that she was down that much reminds me that uh, this isn't supposed to be an easy opponent. But with it being foster conditions, uh, Pegola should definitely be a huge favorite here. Beating Vika in slower conditions where Pegola is arguably way worse. I don't see why she shouldn't beat Vika in a foster condition. And if she does, and if Rybakina beats Ostapenko, Elena Rybakina will play a Grand Slam final yet again. And that will be super cool to me. Even more cool would be Elena Rybakina playing Arina Sabalenka in a final. And at that point, whoever wins, I don't really care. I mean, obviously, I would be way happier if Elena Rybakina wins, but I don't care. As long as if... As long as it is one of those two, I will be super happy. If it's anyone else in here, I, maybe Pegolo, I'll be really happy. If it's anyone else... Ah, you know, it's... Uh, uh, <laughs> I won't be... Uh, I won't be mad or uh, disappointed at all. But uh, I, I won't be as happy. As if uh, either of those three win. Okay, I've talked about uh, Elena and Swiatek. Uh, how how good it feels that Elena Rybakina beats Iga Swiatek again. I'm talking about Sabalenka. Uh, since I've been really bad with posting, with the consistency, I haven't really gone over uh, round by round like I wanted to uh, so I haven't really brought up some stuff like Maria Sakari losing to to, to, to Ju by the way I don't really like her uh, as a person I mean that is because she has uh, some really shitty sportsmanship uh, maybe maybe you don't know what I'm talking about but Ju Lin has, uh, has done some really Unsportsmanlike stuff on court, uh, but e either way, her tennis has been incredible th this last couple of weeks. So Maria Sakari uh, losing to Julian doesn't really surprise me at all. I mean, I'd be surprised if she didn't beat Maria Sakari. Really close to beating Vika as well yesterday. Uh, there's a couple of stuff that I, I kind of wanted to go over, but it wouldn't been, you know, it, it, for me, it was like four days ago. <laughs> it's not as exciting for me right now. Uh, a couple of stuff like Schneider, uh, almost beating Maria Sakari, etc., uh, etc. Et we had um, some fairly nice matches. I mean, we had uh, uh, Puskova, Zhuai, Zhang, and then we had um, 
uh, Elena Rybakina and Collins, uh, Coco Goff and uh, uh, that wasn't as exciting, but playing Bernarda Pera and uh, kind of proving my point and why Bernarda Pera can be great but will never ever ever be a top 10 or top 20 player. I mean, there, don't give me that kind of stuff. I've, I'm seeing it on my my twitter i'm seeing it on um, people talking t- about tennis i don't know tennis blogs etc i saw a whole article about uh, top 10 predictions for 2023 and i saw bernard Pera there and i was just um i don't know i feel like i you know there i feel like there are a couple of delusional people sometimes on tennis blogs and uh, it kind of doesn't make sense uh Krisikova beating Kalinina, etc. Vika versus Keys. A ton of matches that I haven't gone over. uh, But I am 100% certain that uh, you either watched or uh, uh, went to watch the score of all of those matches. Another I discussed basically the kind of summarized the week two of the WTA tour uh, the summary for the ATP tour of the week two uh, slam is going to be really short because I only have one player I want to talk about and that is Novak Djokovic is going to win the Australian Open as I said earlier as I said months ago if he's healthy there is no one that is going to beat Novak Djokovic hundred percent and if if you don't think so then uh, you're just I'm sorry but you're wrong if you don't think so or if you think there is a chance for anyone to beat him then you're wrong I think I have I haven't watched every single match I've watched uh, I missed uh, I missed the first run I think uh, I kind of watched uh, him play ADM uh, uh, a couple of hours ago. Uh, I watched him play Dimitrov. I watched him play... Uh, oh, I don't remember his name. I played someone <laughs> uh, before that as well. He seems somewhat healthy. He seems somewhat fit. He had uh, a bit of a struggle with uh, his hamstring, I think. I mean, to me, uh, even though even if he's not a hundred percent healthy, I think I think he'll still win the Australian Open. Obviously, if something happens, uh, that uh, you know that statement of me saying he's he's going to win the Australian Open, I mean, it's obviously uh, 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 having the caveat of him being healthy. But to me, he looks good right now. And uh, the the ATP side looks really weird. I mean, we have Kaknov playing Korda, uh, Sitsipas playing Jiri Leka. Um, uh, Leka has been tremendous. I think he really earns being here, though. Uh, the same uh, can and cannot be said about Ben Shelton and Tommy Paul. I like them both. I like them really, like, really... Like zero lies here. I, I kind of I like them both, but a quarterfinal uh, Grand Slam between Ben Shelton and Tommy Paul. I mean, it sounds like a two fifty would have in August last year. 
Yeah, so that is uh, interesting. Because that means that either one of those will play a semi-final in the Grand Slam and have a chance to play a final. Unfortunate for both of them, they'll be playing Novak Djokovic in, a, in, a, in the semi-final. Uh, Djokovic himself playing Andrei Rublev, who beats Rune in, in a thrilling super tie break that I kind of kind of watched the entire match, and nothing much that can be said about those two. Uh, extremely shit match, but extremely thrilling or entertaining to watch. If that makes sense, the, basically the level was shit, but uh, holy fuck, it was really entertaining to watch a super tiebreak end up with winner uh, at match point. I mean, it, what an what an end at a fifth set and ended with a ma with an escort. Uh, also with a quite close score, I think like nine eight or, or ten eleven. I'm not really sure. I don't know. Uh, I think Sitsipas, as I said, I've said it plenty of times on my Twitter. Or I don't know if I've said it on the pod. I think Sitsipas has a ton to offer. And if he's dialed in, truly dialed in, I don't see why not he could make uh, these Grand Slam runs. I think all of these uh, uh, f three, uh, I'm going to include and say four, I'm going to include Jerry, but I think Sitsipas should beat Jerry. So I'll just say the, the the trio here. I think all of these, Kachinov, Korda, Tsitsipas, all have wide open runs to make the final. And again, if Novak Djokovic healthy, is healthy, they'll play Novak Djokovic in the final. So it's either Tsitsipas, Korda, or Kachinov in the final against Novak Djokovic. And none of them will beat Djokovic. None of them. So, I mean, the logical answer here is just, you know, Novak Djokovic will win the Australian Open. And uh, uh, I don't know if it's a bad prediction as Arena saying it in the core finals, but uh, I mean, it's unfortunate I'm recording this right now. I mean, I would say the same thing uh, a month ago, a week ago, a day ago, two months ago, etc. I think that covers the ATP side. I don't really have much else to say. I mean, <laughs> maybe it's just me being a Joker fan that I'm saying all of this. Uh, but I'm sure that if you're a tennis fan, you, you kind of have to agree with me. Uh, <laughs> it's my part. I'm allowed to have biased opinions. I'm allowed to have... To be honest, most of my biased opinions are, are uh, kind of true either way. <laughs> So to wrap up, the WTA is more or is better than the ATP because we have a consistent quarterfinal draw. Maria Sakkari loses to Zhu, the best player on the tournament relative to what we expected. Arina Sabalenka will win the Australian Open. Or we'll play Elena Rybakina in the Australian Open, and who knows what happens then. Those are the four things I've gone over, and there's nothing really more I have to say. I'm going to be totally honest. This is just me. Felt <laughs> bad, promising to upload an episode, and didn't do, didn't do it for like five or six days. 
Um, I say I promise now because I hate to say that I promise stuff and not do it. I say I promise to have an episode out before the finals. That is a hundred percent a promise, and I'll be more serious in my talking there. I've basically been ranting right now, and uh, again, I'm. Uh, I've been trying trying to do this as lazy as possible. Basically, just recording on my phone. Uh, I have the I have the the my app, so I can just basically publish straight away. So this should be really easy for me to record more, because I was super inconsistent last year. Uh, either way, I hope you <sighs> semi enjoyed listening to my uh, thoughts on the morning, and um, definitely I'll have a better episode. Uh, up before the finals where I actually go over some uh, valid talk points Uh, cheers for tuning in and uh, I will see you later